Hello, Frank Amedia here, founder and director of POTUS Shield, and I want to share with you some of my thoughts, my insight, what I believe is also fresh revelation to understand what is going on. The question is, what is going on right now in the heavenlies and in our country, specifically as pertains to our president and the attacks against him which are intensifying? We should not be surprised. First and foremost, I had prophesied to you that February and March of this year, and I did that a year ago, would be very chaotic, very confusing, very treacherous, a time of testing, and we're right there. Do not be confused, do not be astounded, do not be caught off by surprise. What we are experiencing is a calculated conspiracy both on earth and with principalities and powers and a continuation of what began before election eve on November 8th, 2016. What was put in place as a safety net in case the president should win and what is a continuation of a deep state conspiracy along with opposition political party uh, forces. So let's look at, first of all, Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen's been in the news all week. Even as I'm preparing this, he's testifying again, his third day at Congress. And let us understand that this is not an attack against Michael. Michael was my friend and we got to develop a relationship during the campaign in 2016, and thereafter we worked together in 2017 for the benefit of some of the things of not only the Republican Party, of course, but his representation of the president and his family as their personal lawyer. My uh, participation was pastoral. His participation was as a professional paid lawyer. I want to share with you that in 2016, as I was introduced to Michael Cohen from my dear friend, Reverend Daryl Scott, Michael was very involved with Daryl in organizing what became the National Diversity Coalition for Trump. I became part of that and was able to sit at the leadership levels with Daryl, serving mostly with him and under him, but also tied in with Michael Cohen. All throughout that, which began in April of 2016, the entire intent was to specifically receive support and get a message out to the ethnic minorities for who was then candidate Donald Trump as President of the United States. I did help to recruit participants along with Daryl and Michael and those of us, others of us, from the diverse minority population and leadership here in this country. We found a common bond and unity in our faith and also in our ideas of what was right for this country. We aren't just Christians, we're also Muslims and Hindus and other faith. Faith was never made the prerequisite for the National Diversity Coalition. However, the conservative appeal was. Michael maintained all throughout that time that Mr. Trump was committed to promoting minority interests of all people in the leadership and of the Diversity Council. And when Reverend Scott and I were together with him, he was constantly convincing and adamant and consistent in his message to us and to the country 
that the media's treatment of Mr. Trump was maligned, vicious, and unwarranted. He emphatically and consistently stipulated that Donald Trump is not a racist and that him being branded a racist was unwarranted. I want to give you just a little uh, portion of a speech that he gave that has been publicized back then. And it was, I've lost count. This is Michael Cohen, quote unquote. I've lost count as to how many times the disgusting liberal mainstream media have attempted to label Mr. Donald Trump a racist, a xenophobe, and a bigot. Cohen said at that time, adding this, as the son of a Holocaust survivor, it's hard to sit back. Actually, it's morally wrong to sit back and do nothing when someone whom you know, someone whom you hold in great esteem and truly care about is being so viciously attacked day in and day out. Not only is Donald Trump not a racist, quote unquote, this is Michael Cohen, he believes that all people are part of the one race, the human race. Interestingly now, Michael Cohen just yesterday branded him as a racist, a con man, and a cheat. Well, let's deal with what I consider is the most poisonous of all, that of being a racist. We are told, according to the book of Luke and in the Gospels, that a tree is known by its fruit. A good tree doesn't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree doesn't produce good fruit. We know by the fruit. Well, here we are now, over two years into this presidency, and what is the fruit? as pertains to minorities and diversity. I would suggest that more has been done in these two years to open the doors and the floodgates to real change than anything that had been done in the previous three presidencies prior to that. In fact, we see that we've had a judicial reform and this basically was intended to help the lopsided percentage of minorities that are imprisoned, people of color, and offering a second chance. We see that an urban uh, investment policy has been instituted by the administration through the Department of HUD and that it was chaired by the, the president's family and that the president himself pushed it and gave it the initiative that is now blanketing out through this country into our urban areas to empower, initiate, and help there to be investment in some of the most difficult areas of this country. We also see that over and over, the president has responded with executive actions, not just talk. And when he's tried to do an immigration form, it's been stopped and impeded, and this double-edged sword that has gone on for years continues to cut and hack away to keep it as a divisive issue instead of one that's resolved. I can tell you that I had personal encounters with then Mr. Trump candidate in 2016. And these encounters often were that he would show his compassion for people of color and for minority interest. In fact, at one time he shook his head in his office with myself and five other potentially uh, 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 supporters who then made their decision to support him that I had brought there. And this was early on in March of 2016. And he said, I know that this dreamer issue is very sensitive. Help me to solve it. I don't want to displace these young people. I want to help them. 
He threw out that he was willing to offer a solution for the dreamers. It wasn't even considered by the opposing party. Again, being kept a political football. Bottom line is, as Michael Cohen said, in 2016 and through 2017, until his time of being turned in June of 2017, he said Donald Trump is not a racist. In my meetings with him, I found him to be to the contrary. But this point of diversion for Michael is very easily to discern. I was involved with Michael in 2015. I had multitudes of phone calls, text messages with him. In fact, on a pastoral basis, I was assisting with him as the professional lawyer for a family matter. I keep it private because it was pastoral. It was above board. It was what we would do for anybody in our family to just simply help consult and see how paths could be opened and made in the kingdom of God. In that basis, I myself spent literally over the span of four and five weeks, a hundred hours. I know Michael had to at least spend half of that, if not as much of that. Why am I bringing this up? Michael, unfortunately, has presented and said that he was paid a retainer of $35,000 strictly for one purpose, hush money. But my question is this, what about all of the other services for the family? Aren't retainers to, to perform, and it's a blanket retainer to do what's necessary to do, especially with a family practitioner, one who is protecting or, or at least representing the family in issues? And so where are those sheets? Where are those timesheets? Where's the timesheet that shows our time together in March and April and those expenses? I declare if you follow that money, you'll follow the issue. Now, when was Michael turned? Well, as we can see, that's been public record. It happened in June 2017. And the person that Michael turned to was one named Lanny Davis. If we understand Lanny Davis a little bit, then we'll understand what's going on here a little bit more and see how it was revealed. Lanny Davis is, as quoted, unquoted, and written, a veteran Washington spin maestro, a Democratic operative, and for much of his adult life, I'm quoting a public article, he has fashioned himself as a Clinton warrior, serving as a White House counsel during Bill Clinton's early crisis and as a surrogate for Hillary's presidential campaigns. He first made his relationship when during law school at Yale University. He has been a core member of the Clinton insiders since then. Now, for 47 years, he's operated as an attorney. But for several years, he's never gone back to court. He's a principal of both a high-invested, paid public relations firm in Washington, D.C., which represents nations and people and entities, and also a member of a high-core Democrat law firm, high-paid. I can tell you this, that he claims that he is serving Michael Cohen uh, on pro bono. But when you understand this level of people, they don't serve somebody pro bono, maybe quid pro quo. What does that mean? What is Lanny Davis receiving for accepting this assignment? And who connected them? I suggest that if we uncover who the connection was between Michael and Lanny Davis, when Michael was down on his knees, groveling in the dust, his cell phones taken from him, his bank accounts frozen, his office shut down, his records uh, uh, taken under a warranty and seized, 
his family desperate, obviously causing issues in his household with his beautiful wife and two children, a wonderful family, possibly some other extraneous marital stuff, all imposing. Michael had to turn, and that is when people like Lanny and others strike. They find the weak time, and there's a connector. And I'm suggesting that that connector could even be tied to the deep state that has been behind the scenes both before the election, during the election, and after the election, fabricating things such as the Steele dossier, coming forward, making sure there was a special counsel in a witchcraft. Interesting, Michael in his testimony said he has no proof of any collusion of Russia, never heard it, but he suspicions this. When you say you suspicion something that is based only on feelings or only the drama of trying to serve the audience that is feeding you, then that is witchcraft. That's manipulation. We know what the core of that is. When you can't put your finger on it, but you keep throwing out webs and saying, well, but I think it's this, when there's no proof, and in fact, the proof is to the contrary. Michael became a spin master under the greatest spin master that he had been exposed to, Lonnie Davis. Interesting, Michael presented himself as a fixer. Very interesting. Lonnie Davis is a professional fixer at the highest level. A fixer succumbed to a fixer. And now what they're doing is they're embellishing, again, the same, the same story and continuing to bring it out before the public. Yesterday in this congressional committee, it was very easy to see that the very words that Michael wrote were a script. That, that the chairman, Cummings, who seems to be a nice guy, but he is bought into this lock, stock, and barrel, was operating from a script. Those who were attacking the president were using scripts. It was all scripted, and it just happened to occur while our president was in a most difficult time on, on the international scene for international peace with North Korea, one of the darkest, deepest states there is in the entire world and in the history of the world, and yet they chose that day and today. Michael says he wanted to serve his country. Maybe somehow in the caverns of his mind where he's become confused, he thought he was. But let's be honest, neither he nor that congressional committee served our country at all yesterday. They served partisan opposition political interest intended to destroy this presidency and to repel the things that are important to us in the Judeo-Christian faith. We must stand and understand that we're not confused. Yes, somebody can say that he's a racist, somebody could say he's a con man, Somebody could say he's a cheat. But we must look at the tree and what the fruit is. And looking at the presidency, we see somebody who has been willing to lay it all on the line, their own personal interests for their country. What is the benefit to him when this is all over? He'll be tired, he'll be worn out as many presidents are. He will have risked his business. He will establish some issues for his family and his children to overcome. Where is the personal? gain in that. There is none. You have to be reasonable and understand. So where's the con man? Where's the cheat? 
Where's the racist? These are buzzwords. And whenever we throw racism into this country and divide, we understand that the force of that is not something that we embrace as conservative Christians. The force of that is a poison, it's a venom, and it comes to divide and to cause a torrent of anger, irritation, and to, to foment that which does not allow us to heal together, to walk together, and to improve together. Davis is not new to representing people for quid pro quo, even when it wasn't popular in 2010. He accepted a million dollar contract in 2010 to then represent Equatorial Guinea, which was an African nation that had an appalling human rights record. And then he and his firm were retained at $100,000 a month retainer. He understands retainers to represent the Ivory Coast, which was then on the brink of a civil war. And the explanation he gave, I took on a couple bad guy countries that I thought I could make into good guy countries. He comes forth as a redeemer, but he's not a redeemer. He offers redemption, but there is no redemption in what he does. I am presenting that I'm giving my old friend, whom we are not walking in friendship at this point. I don't dislike him. We've had no relationship since then. But I'm believing in the better good for Michael Cohen in the future when all of this is settled, when the dust is collecting in his prison cell, when the voices have stopped and he's no longer paraded in front of this country as the voice of a progressive Democrat party that is looking to derail this president and to stop what has become uh, uh, that of, of, of acceleration of the things that we believe are fundamental in our faith and for the preservation of this country. Interesting, Davis presents himself as altruistic, but the truth of the matter is he charges big fees. Somewhere, somehow, he's benefiting from this. There is a quid pro quo. If he was an honest man, he would tell us what it is, but he's not, and don't expect to hear it. No more than we would understand that whomever began the Steele dossier is gonna stand up and say, I take responsibility for it. I knew it was false. To the contrary, we will not see that happen unless it's cracked open. Where's the deep throat? Where's the someone with the real conscience to step up and say, I really need to say the truth? Michael Cohen, as he was trained to do, was seeking access. He was looking for somewhere to soften what he could not deal with himself. And whoever that connector was, coming as an operative, connected him with Lanny Davis. If you look at the picture, which we're gonna put on the screen, of Michael testifying, you have Lonnie Davis to the left and Lonnie Davis' sidekick to the right. They scripted it, they were giving cues to the chairman of the committee, and they arranged everything, even discussing with Adam Schiff and Cummings before they came exactly what the agenda would be. It was nothing but scripted. Michael was and is a pawn. We need to pray for him, for his true redemption and for his true healing. Let me say this to you. Michael was in the inner circle of President Trump's office and in his team at Trump Towers. I know that, I witnessed that, others of us witnessed that. One thing about the Trump organization then, and I assume it's the same now, 
is that it really wasn't padded with a lot of layers of people. Um, for as big as it was, it was a small group. Michael had the free reign of the offices. His office was on the same floor, one down below and up above. He had free access to the president, or at that time, Mr. Trump at all times, to Eric, to Don, to Ivanka. And he let you know that he did. And he roamed in there willingly. If there was something going on that was Russian collusion, he would certainly have known about it and heard it. But what he said was, there was no collusion. And then all of a sudden, maybe I overheard a conversation when the truth of the matter is, he either heard it or he didn't. And this wouldn't be some enigma that all of a sudden came to him. He was truly in the inner circle of the president, roaming those offices all through the campaign and involved with all of it. On a pastoral basis, I do want to see redemption for him and for everybody. I thank God for my redemption. You know, what does it say? Once we were blind, but now we could see. Once my hands were soiled, but now they've been clean. I thank God that he has found his grace for me some many years back, and I've been able to serve the kingdom, not coming to somebody who came fresh out of Bible school and never had a sin. I don't know those people. No, once we were sinners, but now we're washed in the blood and full of grace. So, yes, Michael loves his family. Yes, Michael wants to be a good hus husband. Yes, Michael is wallowing in sorrow for what he put his parents through. And yes, I do believe that he wants to honor the first lady. But I say to you that this is not the path of redemption for Michael. What is redemption? Well, redemption is when we see that there's a change, when there's a break from the bondage of sin and liberty that comes in freedom. This is the kind of redemption that we are looking and praying for, for Michael, for everybody that God has given us the love of Christ to minister to. I'm telling you that I do believe Michael may find his redemption, but he's going to have to unspin this path that he's been on new too. My wife and I had the great honor and pleasure to pray for him, holding him in my arms as a brother, and pray for him and his family, and pray for the change that had come in his life when he was suddenly without his position in his office in Trump Tower. And as the transition was made by the then elected president into the White House, he was moved out and he had to become a solo practitioner. And he, he hung his, his, his sheet with another law firm, but basically was on his own. And he was desperate. And he was bitter that he wasn't being included in the inner circle in the White House. Uh, it's not true that he didn't want to be included. He desperately wanted to be included. He was embittered and he felt that he was rejected in that end. But yet he was receiving a very healthy retainer by his own admission, $35,000 a month, plus was soliciting other outside accounts. And so we see that Michael was put in a very desperate position and in June of 2017, he was turned. And he was turned, willfully turned, so that he would serve a new master and in that basis would try to find some kind of, not redemption, but some kind of help to help him. Lonnie Davis strategically conspired, and I am sure that we will see with partisan leaders in Congress to schedule this hearing exactly at the time that the president would be in Vietnam 
and my heart pierced when I saw Michael look into the camera, address the president directly, and say, isn't it ironical that now you're in Vietnam while he was there tearing down the president in Congress? This should have never happened. This is an insult to the nation. It's an insult to our intelligence. It's insult to everybody, no matter what your political persuasion is, that we should be taken to be so ignorant that we should be manipulated in such a bad way to believe that this had to happen at this moment and that it was to serve the better good of the country. Investigative reporting should determine who it was that made the connection between Lonnie Davis and Michael. Was it somebody in the prosecutor's office in the South, in the South New York, the Southern District? I believe Lonnie Davis is very strong in that area and that people in his law firm have some influence in that area. I would like to believe it wasn't in the Mueller investigation. Somebody, somebody made that connection when they were at their weakest time. And so we do pray for Michael's redemption. We do want to see his redemption. We do want to see everyone's redemption. We need to understand that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, as we learn from the epistle of Ephesians. But against principalities, against powers, against the, the rulers of the darkness, against those that are staged uh, spiritually against what God intends here on this earth and in His kingdom. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down, to tear down, to destroy those strategies and conspiracies and forces that have been opposed against the kingdom of God. As POTUS Shield, that's what we do. As prayer warriors, worshipers, and watchmen, that's what we do. I want you to join with me as we pray and fast this coming month in March. I'll be sending stuff out to tear down these strongholds. Do not be surprised. This is that conspiracy again of Jezebel, of Abinadab, and of Absalom that I exposed a month, six weeks prior to the election in November, and I said it would be pulled down. I said that we would see that that consortium, that evil would hang on its own gallows, even as it happened in the book of Esther. And that on that election eve, instead of them popping corks of champagne to continue on another eight years of darkness, that God would bring light, but that we were called to pray. Do not be distracted. The Supreme Court is still our first mark. It's still God's first mark. We need at least one more true conservative appointment. Unfortunately, the Chief Justice is not moving that way. So at best, we could be in deadlock, in gridlock. We can't afford gridlock and deadlock there when we are being paralyzed by it in our Congress. We must see it go forth. We must pray for those conservative and even moderate senators that are there not to yield, not to give in, to stand strong. We want to declare and believe God for a change, another change, another appointment quickly on the Supreme Court. We want to embolden the senators who are standing for the principles that we stay strong with. Look at the backlash here in February. The governor of Virginia, all of that swept under the carpet, forgiven by the same people that say it should never be pardoned. The lieutenant governor, all of it swept under the carpet, forgiven by those who say it should never be forgiven. And we see that it was an attempt to begin something to kill children even as they're being born. It's not a matter of heartbeat anymore. It was just a matter of decision. We've repelled that, but do not be 
confused. Do not be distracted. That's trying to soften us so that we say, well, the life of a baby that up to six weeks, I guess, could be destroyed, but not after. That's better than one being destroyed coming out of the womb. It's the same life. It's life. And do not be softened by the tactics of those principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Stand stronger for POTUS and for the vice president and their family than you ever had. Pray, pull down, fast, be strong, speak out, be vocal. Some who called me said you must speak out and some knew that I know more than I'm saying. But others I said, they also said, Frank, it'll probably come with a price. You'll be attacked again. And I said, we have to be not afraid to live in that realm. We must speak it out. Let it be publicized. Let it be broadcast. Speak out and let's go and let's believe God that we're going to repel this furious stand from the spirits in heaven and those on this earth that are trying to come against the move of what God has. Stand strong for God. Stand with us at POTUS Shield. May God bless you. May God bless America. May God bless our president, our Congress, our Senate, and also our federal court system. Frank Media, POTUS Shield, signing off. I will be sending out an alert very shortly to call you to a network prayer. Thank you.